So to me, a soul rich woman is somebody who is fiercely independent, which means that she is not reliant on any one person. Right? Uh, just now I mentioned about happy family and all that, but what I mean by being uh, fiercely independent is um, she knows what she wants. She has a definite purpose in what she wants to do. So whether or not she's so-called rich, huh? we're talking about soul here, S-O-U-L. Uh, it's not just about financial freedom. It's about this woman as a whole, right? Uh, she's very purposeful. She knows exactly where she's heading and she's not afraid of doing it alone and fiercely independent. So to me, that is the definition of a soul-rich woman. Well, so of all the four F-words, my favorite F-word will be having a happy family because the family is the basic unit of all success, in my opinion. So if you can't manage your family well, um, whatever you do, whether you have freedom, you have money, financial resources, it really doesn't mean a thing. So to me, the most important will always be a happy family. Hi, I'm Kelvinson, and you're tuning in to the Soul Rich Woman Show with Janisha Alora. This episode is brought to you by InstantPodcastLeader.com, the leading platform to launch your podcast in 48 hours and make it profitable. Get your free audiobook and free web class at InstantPodcastLeader.com forward slash web class. A strong and independent woman is something to behold. She pays her own bills, buys her own things, and she doesn't let a man affect her stability or self-confidence. She is a soul-rich woman. Are you ready to be rich doing what you love? Be on purpose and in control of your life again. At For Women Who Love the F-Word podcast, we will be openly talking about getting more clients online, getting recognition as the leader and female entrepreneur, and also the F-word, being fabulous, having freedom, and financial independence. It's time to own and love the F-word. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode. I'm your host, Janisha Alora. Today's special guest is Kelvin Sung. He is Managing Director of Kelvin Sung Productions, Head of Film and Media. From short films to feature films and everything in between, what has Kelvin Sung not done? Well, his debut film, feature film Taxi Taxi, was one of the third highest grossing film in Singapore in 2013 and had won the Special Jewelry Award at the ASEAN International Film Festival and Awards that year. Marking that as the biggest defining moment of his filmmaking journey, Kelvin is also an educator and conducts masterclasses at festivals and had also been selected a couple of times in the coveted Torino Film Lab to produce his films and projects. Another award he's won is the Vitsi Shorty Award for December 2019 for the show BFF. Let's welcome Kelvin Sun. Thank you for joining us today. I'm really glad to have you on uh, Soul Rich Woman Show. So, Kelvin, tell us a little bit more of who you are and what you do. Because I know you have six kids, okay? Six amazing, beautiful children. I mean, wow. That must be such an amazing journey for you. 
Hi guys, my name is Calvin Sung and I am a film director and uh, also an educator. So uh, I have, like what Janisha said, I have six children, five uh, beautiful boys and one girl. Um, so what I do is uh, I, I have two companies. I run Calvin Sung Productions as a production company and a training academy. I also run Asia Media Academy as an adult training center. So um, over the years, uh, over the years, I have managed to build my businesses to some uh, level of success, and I'm still working hard because I have six children to feed. <laughs> yeah, and also because uh, I know my purpose is uh, bringing um, good media to the masters uh, from an educator's point of view. Because I started off as a teacher before I became a filmmaker. Yeah. So I'm just curious, when you got started as a teacher, I mean, that direction to a filmmaker is a two totally different mind, you know. <laughs> one is very logical and the other one is very creative. I would say, wouldn't say teacher are not creative, but being a film director, you have so much things to look at. And, you know, how do you actually bridge that journey or what got you interested in filmmaking in the first place? Well, um, okay, maybe it, it start, starts off with a few stages. Um, actually, I've always wanted to be a filmmaker. I've always been very obsessed with the entertainment world. I, I, I sing, I write songs, I like to act, I like to perform. And all these uh, uh, were evident when I was in school. I was part of the Sing Yao Society when I was in a very Ang Pai JC, ACJC. Anglo-Chinese Junior College. So being very Chinese there. But because what, what I really wanted is just to sing and perform uh, Chinese songs. So um, um, to cut a long story short, um, when, I, when I became a teacher, it was because it was a very... Okay, because I was still in my 20s. So up to my 20s, uh, I think I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, well, I graduated from NUS, uh, Arts and Social Science. I majored in Economics and Chinese Studies. So at a point in time, I think it was 1998. So I think the economy was not doing well. So it was very hard for me to find jobs. So of all the resumes that I sent out, only uh, MOE got back. So I went for interview. I got the job. So it was like, okay, I just went with the flow. And okay, since nobody wanted me, I, I just tried to be a teacher. Lah. So it was a very, <laughs> not, not very purposeful. <laughs> and, and, and I just got the job and went to flow. And I realized that, hey, um, it was a, a blessing in disguise because from there, I discovered that I could connect with people. I could communicate with people, with children because I was a Chinese teacher in a primary school. So um, 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 it actually trained me up to be a good a presenter, speaker and learning how to communicate with people. And all these skills uh, were extremely important, especially when I crossed over to, to filmmaking as a director. In fact, during those four years in, in MOE, I, I rose to become a head of department uh, within, I think, two years. So I think if I were to continue in MOE now, I would probably be a principal now. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite unimaginable. Because I am not very by the rules type. I like to be a little bit more creative. That is my real self. I, I learned about structure while I was in MOE. I was trained uh, to be more structured and all that. So all these skills, are, I would say, everything happens for a reason. Prepare me on my journey to become a filmmaker. 
not just a filmmaker, but a film director. Because as a film director, you're always communicating with different departments and people look up to you for direction or leadership to make any show, whether it's a, just a short 30-second commercial or a long two-hour movie. You know? So the whole project is the result of what you communicate because a director must have excellent communication skills and people skills. Learn. So I think MOE sort of prepared me for that. And even up to today, um, I think my, 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 my style is a bit different because I think I have this educator thing entrenched in me really. So even when I'm doing my, my, my films, I want to make sure that my films have a certain message behind so that when people watch it, they are impacted positively. Either they feel inspired or they feel that they need to make a change to their lives and whatever it may be. So I think it's already subconsciously I'm doing it. Yeah. So I think MOE prepared me actually for my filmmaking career. That's yeah. very interesting. I mean, for yourself being an award-winning filmmaker, I mean, and film director, I'm just very curious. What were some of your biggest struggles um, on this path? Because it's not easy, right? First, I think it's society. Uh, what they view you as versus what you want in your own life. And then later on, moving towards the next path will be when you're climbing that steps, nothing is known ahead. Nobody is going to know that you're going to win an award and you're not doing it because you want to receive a medal. You know what I'm trying to say? So when we are in that stage, when you are in that stage, what was the biggest struggles and what was going through your mind? I think ultimately, uh, just two things. Um, first of all, you have to be very clear about what you want to do, right? A very clear meaning, um, focus on that direction. You know, focus, F-O-C-U-S, follow one course until successful. So you have to focus. But focus will also mean that you must be prepared that this journey will be full of challenges you will keep falling. You must expect the worst to happen. And if the worst happen, that's point number two, uh, expect the worst to happen. If the worst happen, would you still continue with this journey? You have to be very, uh, very um, honest with yourself. Because a lot of people, when they first started, of course, full of passion. It's easy right? because you're not in it yet. <laughs> the moment you're in it, right, uh, you see things that nobody sees because people only see the glamorous part of being a filmmaker, a film director, only when you're on stage, you attend gala premiums, people introduce you, oh, welcome, Calvinson, director, blah, blah, blah. Everybody looks so glamorous, right? But that was just for one night. And <laughs> after that, the years and years of blood, sweat and tears, nobody sees. And we are the ones doing it. So I think to be so-called successful um, is an ongoing thing. I wouldn't say that I'm successful today. I think every new project should be viewed as a, a, a brand new baby that that requires a different set of uh, attention, skills, and resources. So it sets me on a path of uh, uh, an ongoing, uh, lifelong learning journey. So um, you mentioned about challenges just now that I faced when I started this journey. Of course, a lot of challenges because to make a film requires a lot of resources, not just money, but who you know, then uh, who you are pitching your ideas to, and when you pitch these ideas, do people even believe in you because you are just a first-timer? You Everybody started out as a first-timer, right? People don't know who you are, don't know if they can trust you or not, you have no portfolio, blah, 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 you know. 
So you just got to keep on keeping on because the only person who believes, who truly believes in you has to be yourself first. If you don't even believe in yourself, don't expect others to believe in you in the first place because you'll be pitching and communicating and communicating with a lot of doubt. And no one would trust person or would trust a person with a lot of doubt. So you have to be very confident. Even though sometimes, you know, as entrepreneurs, I'm sure you feel it too from time to time. We also feel like giving up. Thank you. Like quite tiring. And then why are we doing this? Then go back to hey, why did I start this journey? Go back to 101. Oh, because I want to make films that can transform lives. I want to make films that can inspire and educate people with my God-given talent to make this world a little better with what I can do. So that keeps me going over the years. You know, I had a lot of challenges, like you know, meeting the wrong people and then going into even lawsuits. People want to sue me because uh, they say I promised them something, but blah, 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 blah. So it was very challenging and very down period uh, uh, when I first started out. But over the years, it was just focus, what I wanted to do. I think as long as you 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 still believe in what you are going, going to do, you still focus on that one cause that you have set out to do, eventually you'll find success. Uh. So I think patience is key as well. Yeah, Because too many people give up too easily, really. Actually, they're very close to success. <laughs> yeah, so that's my sharing. You mentioned when we pitch to people and people can feel your doubt if you doubt yourself. Yeah. Can you share a little bit, was there ever once that you pitched and then it because of the doubt that it didn't really work out the way you wanted? Certainly, especially um, when I first started out. Um, sometimes, you know, we, we pitch a lot to, to the government as in the Singapore Film Commission. They give out money and grants uh, for our films. Uh, at the same time, uh, when I shortlisted, we got, a, we got a chance to pitch. And when we pitch, it's quite scary because there's a lot of very esteemed people in the panel, at least like four or five people. And it's not just from the government, it can be a distributor, can be a award-winning producer, all kinds of people. So when I first started out, you know, even though I wanted to be confident, the lack of portfolio and you know these are the self-doubt I think it happens to, to, to people from time to time you know that, that makes me feel that yeah, no, no matter how I try but the fact is that I don't have anything yet at this point in time I, I probably just have a concept and a story that I strongly believe in so I think it was this this, this self-doubt about my experience um, that made me feel that yeah, maybe after all I'm not that not that Good lah. Maybe I'll try my luck lah. But maybe they're looking at this. Uh, they're looking for people with more experience, with more credentials. So I just want to tell the audience from time to time. I think you really need to get rid of all all, all these things and throw them into the bin. All these things are very very toxic, you know. And it's produced from within leh, These kind of things. Um. Actually, we sentence ourselves to death. Actually, nobody said anything. I could have just focused on a concept since I believe in it so much. And I really just focus and talk about it because I believe I can visualize it happening as a movie really. And and, and don't pitch while thinking about what if, huh? what if they don't like, huh? what if they feel that I'm not experienced? Huh? It's all these little things that are very, very, very toxic. It's like a lot of people who want to start a business, a lot of people who want to do something different because they are sick of their mundane jobs that do not give them any meaning in life. Then they start thinking, what if I run out of funds? Huh? What if, what if, 
I tell you, the more what is right, I think the high chance is that you, you won't even get started. So there's a Chinese saying called Ye Chang Meng Duo. Ah. The more you think, then I think yeah, like, they keep on dreaming, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> so you have to throw all this into the bin and be laser sharp, uh, focus on what you try to achieve, like what I mentioned just now. So if you're pitching, yeah, focus on that pitch, why you believe in it in the first place. Don't think about what will they think? What if they think I'm like that? What if, what if? Uh, so when I first started out, there was this, this doubts that mm, affected me quite a bit. So I'm curious <laughs> in the next part is then what is your big why? In your response, I mean, you said that they must know your big why or you know, must know your why so that you can keep focus and keep going, right? So then for you, what was your big why? Considering you have a family, a uh, very big family, uh, six children, and then yourself, an amazing career, uh, a leader who has a big team that you need to t- uh, be leading and taking care as well. So all these factors in place, what is your big why? My big why will be, you know, sometimes, uh, maybe I just bring my faith into the picture. Sometimes we really cannot, we do not know. We just have to go by faith, right? We go by faith. We, we can't see. But I believe um, God has a plan for everybody. Sometimes we self-sabotage. <laughs> we, we could have just as trusted and just flow because we have all the resources that are really given for success really. But it's because we we, we, we we keep doubting, what if, what if, maybe, oh, I have such a big family, how are like that? Maybe I should just get a proper job, you know, the kind of thing. But all these things didn't uh, really cross my mind, uh, fortunately, because of the why that you're talking about. My why is um, transforming lives with, with film and theater, with media. That's my the vision for my company as well as my own personal vision. Because two things to me are very important, which is what make up Kelvin Sung. Number one is uh, media. Number two is education. So when you put these two things together, I think we really have the capacity and the ability to change the world. I always tell people that, you know, even a few years ago, right, when terrorism was very rampant, uh, very scary, you know, go online, wow these ISIS people, they start showing behaving videos that scare the hell out of everybody, you know? So I think the threat is still very real. Uh, so I always tell people that, you know, even terrorists, they know the power of media and education. Why? Because they use media to scare you. They produce all those videos to make sure that you believe that they are very powerful. They are very scary. When in fact, sometimes it may not be the, not be the case. Is the way they edit the whole thing that makes it look like they are very big, right? Number two is education. Even terrorists, they educate the young, from very young, to carry weapons, brainwash them, make them radical. So even terrorists do that. They use media and education to, to send their twisted message across. So to me, is what if I use it for good? I'm trained as, as a teacher. I'm an educator. I'm talented in media. I tell stories using movies. You know, movies really have, the, have, 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 have a way of changing perception and changing lives. Initially, I can tell you, you know, sometimes, let's say I talk to you, I say, hey, you know, you should be nicer to your parents. I don't think that was very nice. Blah, blah, blah. I talk about Peter Piety. I can talk to you 100 times. Uh. You may still not listen to me. 
But if I bring you to the theater, watch a film about filial piety, a simple story about a daughter and her parents and how they overcome and they end up forgiving each other. You cry, you come out and you say, Kelvin, I think I, I want to treat my parents better. It's just two hours. Versus 100 times I tell you, you must do this, you must do that. No. One movie, two hours come up, I want to make a difference. Wow. And that comes from where? From the director telling the story on the screen. <laughs> so to me, I, I, I think that God has given me a lot of resources and power and talent to do this, not just to entertain people with movies, but to educate them, to inspire them. And that is my why, to transform lives using media. And my media always has that educator's element in it, a message. And I thank God for giving me the opportunity to be a teacher for four years, to have that in me. So everything happens. There's a season for everything. Yeah. Yeah. And God has made everything beautiful in its time. Yeah. So, so it's very amazing to hear this part of your big why. And for many of their budding filmmakers definitely will look up to you as a role model. What are some of the, I would say, three tips that you give them uh, when they're just getting started? Okay. Um, let me think. Okay. If you're just getting started, I think uh, one of the most important things, right, is you must, um, you must be very self-aware, I would say, because a lot of people... Self-meaning, you are very sure that this is what you want to do. Your, your purpose, you must identify, is this really what you want to do? Or is it due to some frivolous, frivolous reasons, right? Oh, it looks quite glam, I want to do it. Wow, Singapore, a lot of people winning awards. Maybe I should just be like, you know, uh, like Jack Neo, like who? Yeah, uh, because I know that because a lot, even of, of my own peers, uh, I went for advanced diploma, right? So with all the mature students, I think out of my class of 12 people, I think now only like what 20% are in the industry. Most of them have moved on to do something else with it, which means they have given up really. <laughs> they have given up. So I don't know why they wasted two years in film school in the first place, right? So uh, I would say that identify your, your, your why. You really want to do this? Then you must be mentally prepared to go through all the hardship. It might take 10 years sometimes or more. Are you ready to do that? Yeah. So you have to identify. Don't make decision because wow, I feel very high. Um, emotionally, I feel very passionate. No, that, 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 that emotion will die somewhere when you meet your first obstacle and more coming. So identify that. That's number one. Uh, number two is you always have to train your ability to communicate because filmmaking is not a solo business. I'm not talking about a, a painter. Oh, I'm an artist, so I just paint every day. I don't need to talk to people. I'm Picasso. I just be in that mode. No, filmmaking, even though a filmmaker is also an artist, but you're always talking to people all the time. If you want to be a film director, from getting your film made, talking to sponsors, talking to investors, talking to your team, once you get the money in, you want to form a team, right? You have so many departments, you have to communicate your vision again and again. Then after that, you got to talk to the audience. After that, you're always talking, you're always communicating. So, so if you can't train, some people, which I don't agree, you say that, oh, they are very... You know, artist, uh, artist means maybe introverted, maybe, uh, you know, uh, whatever. but I don't believe in that. I always believe that ability to communicate can be trained because to be, to be very uh, honest, I am an introvert. 
I'm not an extrovert. I can't talk very well uh, when, when I first started. When I was in school, I was so shy. I, I only started like can talk. Um, I think after I went to uh, MOE and all that, I got to talk every day uh, as a teacher. So I, I trained myself up to, to, to talk. And then I, I, I went for networking when I first started my film. It's all been trained. So I don't believe that it cannot be done. If, if I can do it, you know, now I can, you know, you can put me in a room, a, a hall, 1,000 people, you tell me, Kelvin, I'll give you five minutes. Uh, just say something for the next 20 minutes. Come up with a topic. I can do it easily. Not because I enjoy it, but I'm trained to do it already. I mean, it's in me. Yeah. So the ability to communicate is very important. All right? You're always pitching, talking, pitching, talking. Number three is always retain a sense of um, humility. No matter how much you know. Maybe you learn, you just graduated from film school. Wow, you, you, are, you, are, you are talent spotted by a lecturer as somebody who is very highly skilled. You are very talented or what. But I can tell you, um, um, the industry in Singapore especially is very small. Uh, the moment you are very proud and all that, and then you are known as somebody who is hard to work with, uh, the work will go around, and then it's very hard to get work or hired and the reputation itself. Uh. So always maintain a spirit of learning and humility, no matter how high you go. For me, I'm still learning every day. I, I learn even from people who are more junior than myself because I see things from a new perspective, right? Sometimes in this industry for a while, Maybe I wouldn't use the word jaded, but you think that you know already. I know this kind, I know. But sometimes when I talk to young people, hey, they give me ideas. Hey, I never knew that it could be done that way. Okay, yeah. So just three things. Number one is identify your purpose. Uh, number two, uh, hone your skills in communication. Number three is always stay humble. Yeah. So... When you tell them all these tips, you know, they are getting started and then you've gone through such a long journey and yet you persisted with a very strong focus and with a very strong foundation of a big why, then what to you is your biggest lesson learned after being there, been there and done that? Um, be very careful in bringing in uh, the right partners, whether it's into your company or into your team, because I have countless experience of bringing in the wrong uh, people in, into the team. And then there's a Chinese saying, uh, So that's when a lot of drama happens, right? So um, I think in this journey, sometimes, we get excited when people tell you that, oh, I'm, I like this concept. I think I want to invest and all that. You know, um, really be very, very careful because I've met so many people already in, in this journey. And after a while, I can identify certain patterns, certain kinds of people who may just be taking you for a ride and all that. So um, I think even though you might have to maintain your passion, do not make decisions based on passion alone because it's easy for people to impress you by saying that. You know, as a filmmaker, they say, I'm going to invest in your film. Wow, you, you jump for joy and all that. But it's not so straightforward. And then you realize that sometimes it comes with a very high price tag. So what I will um, suggest is um, uh, go through a certain uh, process of deciding whether or not this is the right partner to, to bring in by spending more time and talking. Don't make any decision yet. I think it's okay to still maintain a friendship and kinship 
and still being able to say no, even though you are very tempted sometimes because you, you know in your gut that this may not be the right person to bring into the team, right? Because he seems to be talking big or he seems to, mm, he also like not very sure, but he seems interested. All kinds of reasons. Like, your gut will tell you that whether or not this is the right person in, in the team. So don't be overly excited to make decision uh, based on emotion because, you know, sometimes the passion thing and then that person seems to be able to fulfill that passion. Yeah, I will make a decision. Let's just do it. Yeah. So I learned the hard, the hard way of bringing in the wrong people based on emotional response. And then, yeah, so you have to really go through a logical thinking process and it's okay to say no to people. <laughs> Wow, I, I love that. It's okay to say no. Setting boundaries is definitely one of the things that we all must do in order to keep moving forward because we have only 24 hours a day. We cannot be catering all the time to everyone around us, right? So we need to be choosing wisely and making sure that our time is uh, with, you know, with, I would say, greatest effort, uh, minimum effort, but greatest uh, results or rewards that to be reaped. Now, let's let's just have a quick side talk about your your award-winning film, okay? I mean, this part has been your legacy. I would say it's a legacy of Singapore. I mean, the world knows about you and this is something very interesting. I feel that maybe you could share with us a little bit. Let's revisit that moment or that point in time. How did you know, or I mean, of course, you will not know that you're going to win an award, but how would you know, of course, storytelling and educating behind a message that you created is going to be there and shining through the curtains for everyone to see that beam of light? Well, I don't make movies to win awards. Huh? <laughs> that's, that's number one. Because when you do that, you are your focus is totally off in the first place. You shouldn't be making movies because you need to win an award. It's like, I'm doing this because uh, I want to earn money. No? I want money, money. Everybody wants money. Come on, who doesn't want money? Right? But... <laughs> I always believe that uh, when you are very good and very clear at what you do, all right? Okay, I'm not saying that you're very clear, you're very, you do it well, what well, money will come, no. I'm saying that you just have to keep on doing it, keep on doing it. At some point in time, right, your work will be so good that people can't do it without you because they know that you're good at that. You're known for doing that. So all these things about awards, money, it will come in its time. But it's not, definitely not my focus. I want to do this because I, I see it happening really. I visualize winning an Oscar, getting an award from Brad Pitt. Oh, oh. That's nice. That's nice if it ever happens. But that is not my focus. My focus is developing myself as a good filmmaker to tell good stories, to impact the world in a good way with my God-given talents. And then um, be so good that people will come to you. Know? So, yeah. <laughs> I, I like I like that because you, you they always say reverse engineer, right? Begin with end in mind. There's something that you want to do and then you reverse engineer and be so good at it, therefore you will achieve it. I absolutely love that. And what would what do you do to consistently hone your skill set? I mean, after graduating and of course doing and developing your own ideas for the, the movies or the films, there must be something or certain processes that were being done to consistently hone that skill set to be where you are today, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so just two things. Uh, as a filmmaker, you have to consistently watch a lot of movies. Mm. Because other filmmakers, 
because other award-winning directors from all over the world. So no excuse, not like in the 1950s, 60s, wow, you, you need to go to the cinema. Now you just go online, Netflix, everything is there. Just, right? No excuse that you cannot be watching something. So I watch a lot of movies, a lot of, not just movies, but videos, all kinds of videos. As a filmmaker, I don't watch it like what most people do. I watch it and I will be thinking, hey, how, how is that being shot? How can he tell a story like that? So interesting. Yeah, maybe I can pick up a thing or two. So it's a lifelong learning thing, right? And then number two uh, will be, I talk about um, communication just now as one of the skills, right? So I would say that uh, the filmmaking journey is, is never alone, right? To be, um, to be continuing doing this consistently requires uh, a team. I mean, I don't do this alone. So uh, building kinship is very important, right? Uh, because as a film director, I, I talk, I communicate. But I also need to make sure that whatever project that I'm coming out with next, I get the right people to do it. So I'm always building kinship with different people in the industry. It can be an editor, a producer, a scriptwriter. It's an ongoing process. So when I have a certain idea, oh, I want to do this movie, I think it's good. Oh, that time I spoke to this writer, I think he may be a good fit for this kind of story. Maybe we can work together. So it's an on ongoing thing to, to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm always consistent in, in honing my craft. So number one will be um, to watch as many as possible, to learn from other directors. Number two is continue to communicate and make friends, build kinship with different people from the industry, even, even students. You know, like I said, I also learn a lot from young people because they have interesting perspectives that I never knew exist. Yeah. Mm. And is there a favorite book or... Uh, a movie that that really resonated with you that up to today you still remember it <laughs> book actually both book and both book and movie talk about book first lah. um book the one that really made a difference was by napoleon hill i think you know the book lah. pink and grow rich lah. yeah pink and grow rich that the book that was very motivational for me and, and every time I go back to it and read it, I become empowered again. Yeah, sometimes I just feel like, you know, I am so tired, so tired. <laughs> Maybe I should just take a break, giving up. Then I realized that, well, it's just my mind. Ah, I had to like auto-suggestion that, no, no, no. So really, you are controlled by where your mind goes. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes it's just the body is a bit tired and all that. So you have to take a break lah, and continue with the focus. Ah. So I would say that this book, Can Go Rich by Napoleon Hill, then uh, I like a lot of movies. But one movie that changed my life that makes me want to be a filmmaker is this movie by Hong Kong director uh, Wong Kar Wai, uh, Wang Jiawei. Uh, the title of the movie is called A Fei Zheng Zhuan, Days of Being Wild. So it, it starred many major stars, uh, Destiny Chung, Andy Lau, Jackie Chung, Maggie Chung, all the Chung, and uh, Karina Lau and Tony Leung. So it came out in 1990, 1991. I was still very young. I remember I was in set four, I think. So uh, one day I went to the, I have this habit of bringing my friends to my house to watch videotape. At that time, we were ran videotapes and then we would watch it after school. So there was this particular movie, which is This of Being Wild, that I rented. I went back, I watched. So all seven of us watched. So I think halfway through the movie, I looked around. Everybody fell asleep. It was not. I was the only one awake and watched. 
Why? Because at the time, Hong Kong only came up with two types of movies. One will be gangster movie, a lot of gunshot, a lot of people die. Number two will be uh, those uh, wooly tow, those silly comedians, uh, they laugh, laugh, laugh. But Wong Kawai made me open up my eyes like, wow, a movie can be made in this manner. It's so artistic. Every every actor looks so good, looks so beautiful. It, it, feels, it feels like a, like a Jojo Amani or Versace, like that, the whole, whole film. And and it requires repeated viewing. It's not so linear. So every time I watch it, you discover something new. So I like that, the feeling. I watched the tape many times. And it's like, huh? I discovered something I didn't see when I watched it for the first time. So it sets me very intrigued. Like, yeah, so it was uh, Days of Being Wow uh, by Hong Kong director Wong Kawai, Wang Jiawei, A Fei Zheng Zhuan. Well, I've not really seen that. Or I cannot even remember that movie actually oh. existed. And then the poster, all very nice. You, you. Oh, okay. So it was that movie that gave you multiple perspectives and that what was what inspired you to become a filmmaker as well. Well, yes. it's really very, very cool. Okay, let's talk about the family part. Then why I'm very, very curious. I mean, how did you, why would you want to start a, such a big family? Like usually in Singapore, we stop at two. Um, my, my friends, I one friend, one girlfriend that I know has like five kids. And that to me is the, like the maximum number, right? But you have six. I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> so so what made you want to have a big family? I, I don't think I started this journey because I wanted to have a big family. I think it was all was planned again. Um, I, I know when I first started, uh, uh, I mean, when I first got married, I didn't know that I would even have children. Then I had one. <laughs> then I had two. I thought, okay, two. And then three. And then, <laughs> and then it came on. You know? So to, to me, of course, I think after the third one, it became, uh, okay, okay. Because three is a crowd, right? Anything after three is still a crowd. So any difference really. Okay, it's just three plus one, it's just three plus two, it's just three plus three. But finally I can tell people that you know um six I think yeah quite enough already because I don't think I should just continue. So I think six is quite a nice, 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 nice number. Uh, so I didn't start out because I wanted to to have a big family, you know. But whatever that God gave me, I received with with thankfulness. Lah. Because I know he will continue to provide. So up to now, I think he's still providing. My 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 wife is not working. I think relatively we are all right. Even in this pandemic, I don't think we are uh, like really suffering or what. And although a lot of companies are not doing well, but thank God, I think we still have you know okay revenue coming in and all. So I'm thankful. Wow, and your wife is not working and you are, and you are the sole breadwinner of the entire family. I really kudos to you. <laughs> it's really super amazing. Okay, I mean, I have a lot of respect for that. And what would be your one advice for people who are still sitting on the fence? Okay, not about the family part, but sitting on the fence about their dreams. <laughs> sitting on the fence about their dreams or their focus on where they want to go. Like you say, right? The mind brings us anywhere to, to, to the place that our mind brings us to. And our mind defines the ceiling. So what would you tell our listener today? What is that thing that if you're still sitting on the fence and still thinking about it? Okay. Like what Nike always says, la, just do it. <laughs> Everything starts with the mind. 
but it doesn't stay in the mind, right? Everything starts with the mind, but it shouldn't stay in the mind. It should be transformed into action. And when you transform it into action, be prepared that it's going to be a journey full of excitement, full of struggles. Yeah, you, you, you cannot start uh, by... You, you need a vision, yes. You need to take an action, yes. Right? Just do it. But don't be overly idealistic. Be prepared for an exciting journey. I, I choose to use something more positive, exciting. Because exciting, there'll be ups, there'll be downs. Right? It's not going to be smooth. But it's the lesson that you learn that makes you a stronger and a better person uh, as time goes by. So I, I, I would say that uh, just do it. Right? Um, start with here, your mind and get it out and put it into action and be prepared for an exciting journey. <laughs> <laughs> People will say, Actually, Junisha, I tell you, I always tell people, I dare to say, especially when I give talks in schools, you know, you know a lot of teachers, right? Sometimes, they are, I know, I know, it's not against anybody, but I know some teachers, they are there because it's an iron rice bowl. I don't think they're very passionate about education and all that, but they're still doing it, you know, nonetheless. So when people will tell me, like what you just said, right? Uh, so I will shamelessly tell them, so I also teach, I do. How many kids you have? I have six. My wife is not working. So, your situation. So I will just tell them off. I just say that if you are more challenged than this, then I respect you. Lo. But it can still be done, even if you have 10 children or whatever. You're a single father. I always believe that if you're given a child, God will give you the equal resources to raise a child. Don't have to worry. Either by money, the right people, whatever. It doesn't matter. All this self-inflicted self-doubt, all this is just our mind playing tricks on us. It's just all toxic. If it's given to you, you have been given the grace to raise it, to put it and to grow it, develop it into something beautiful. So it can be a concept, it can be a business idea, it can be a child, right? That's the reason why it's in your hands. That's the reason why suddenly you have this concept. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can start this business. Huh? Or oh, God gave you a child, right? That means you can. That's why it's given to you. That's why it's inspired. That's why it came to your mind. <laughs> yeah. So, 讲的容易,做的难,对。但是如果你不做的话呢, 你就会继续的艰难下去咯。You always be struggling inside. <laughs> but you see, that's that's where the mystery is because 我不知道什么,what's what's in front, so they will not want to proceed with it. Yeah, I think the fear of the people actually sometimes is the one that is holding them back. But I like that what you said, it's really to just do it and just keep doing it, trusting the process. I think that will be key. Maybe for our audience, I'll just add in one more line that has sort of uh, accompanied me for, for decades. Uh, yeah, you may have heard this. Um, uh, courage is not the absence of fear. You know, when I say that I do this and all that, it doesn't mean that I have no fear, you know. I have fear. I'm human. I'm not Superman. I have fear, <laughs> right? Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the ability to still carry on in spite of fear, <laughs> just keep just because you already identify your purpose, you know ahead is going to be like this. 
and you're mentally prepared that it's going to come with a lot of challenges before you get there. So what's stopping you? Fear, right? I think it's more scary when you don't do anything. <laughs> You'll be stagnant and then before you know it, on a deathbed, you realize that ah, 20 years ago when I had the idea, I should have, I could have, but now, ah, now I, at the end of my life, I can't do anything really. I think that's the most fearful. <laughs> Because you can't do anything anymore. You have no time. Your time is gone already. Your time is used up already. I think every day when we wake up, we cannot expect that we are going to live the right old age. We have to live like maybe by today, God decides to take me with you. <laughs> we cannot expect that, oh, I'm going to live until 80 because I take good care of myself. No, there are people who take good care of, the, of themselves. They go for a run and then they just pong. That's actually <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> right. So 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 I think fear itself, I think courage is, is really not about having no fear. I think that's that's a wrong perception. Everybody has their own fear, inner fear. Everybody, you and me as well, right? But it is the the, the mind that decides that in spite of fear, I will still do it because I have identified that's what I want to do. Yeah. You have to go by faith first. Lah. If you every time you must see first, then you go and do. Then I can tell you, you end up doing nothing. Then that's not faith really. That's just, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> very good. I, I love that. Really, this advice is very valuable, especially during this time when there's fear and uncertainty is over the horizon, whether you're going to keep your job, lose your job, any more projects coming in, is the economy going to go into a recession? All these are really thoughts that are in people's mind. So then how can our audience or my audience reach you or if they want to, you know, talk to you or, or know more about what you do, where can they find you online? Oh, you can just uh, message me on, on, on my Facebook. I think it's just facebook.com slash kelvin.seng. I think you can just reach me by that. Or you can email me. I can give you my email, uh, kelvin at ksp.sg. KSP stands for Kelvin Seng Productions. So it's kelvin at ksp.sg. Mm, wow. So I just want to say I appreciate you and thank you for your time, Kelvin. Today was a very valuable discussion and you shared a lot of your ideas and your nuggets of wisdom. I'm sure it would benefit all our listeners and our audience out there. Thank you so much. Most welcome, Janisha. And for those of you listening right now, do remember to check out uh, the show notes and all the links will be placed there for you to connect with Kelvin. And that's all we have for today. Bye for now. I have a free gift for you. Go download Secrets of Personal Branding and how do you delegate 80% of your to-do list so that you can make money online while focusing on your zone of genius. Go to soulrichwoman.com S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com what you really need is a simplified plan that focuses on money-making and client-attracting inspired actions online. Join our number one leading female entrepreneur network club in Asia. There are monthly business masterclasses and office hours by the mentors, special guest experts on all the topics you need to build a business and life you love. You're just an F-word away from the life you want, the marriage you want, and the family that you want. This is a no-contract membership and it's only $12 a month. You can cancel your membership at any time. You've got nothing to lose. Check it out at soulrichwoman.com. S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N 
com. Tenex your financial independence today. Thank you for joining me today. I would love for you to connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram, and share with me your thoughts on today's episode at Genesia Alora, G E N E C I A A L L U O R A. Alternatively, you can send me an email at hello at soulrichwoman dot com, H E L L O at s o u l r i c h w o m a n dot com. I have a free gift for you on our website: secrets of personal branding, and also how do you delegate eighty percent of your to-do list to your assistant so that you can make money online and focus on your zone of genius. And that is available at soulrichwoman.com. S O U L R I C H W O M A N.com. Join the number one leading female entrepreneur network in Southeast Asia, connecting more than two hundred thousand women across the region. Be a soul rich woman. Dream to shine. Woman leader. Leader activated. Alone, you are strong. Together, we are unstoppable.